Hey everyone, it is your boy LDP. On this episode of It's Probably You, we're going to talk a little bit about the virtual events that have been going on. We want to talk about what we've done ourselves, as well as, you know, how long do we think this is going to last? Do we think people are going to keep wanting to do that? Tune in. Welcome everyone into the Everyday Experience Podcast, a show called It's Probably You. I'm your host, LDP, riding shotgun. I've got Jesus on the microphone. Back at it. How are you, Lance? I am doing well, my friend. How about yourself? I'm pretty well, debuting a new microphone that I got. Now, I don't have a pop stand, so I'm sitting far away from it because I'm scared of it popping throughout the episode. But <laughs> but that microphone is lovely. I was a little, like, I saw it. I was like, man, I'm a little jealous of that. I've been wanting one, you know, since you've had them and I usually borrow yours. And I was like, you know what? Let me invest a little bit. Yeah. And you know what, though? I'm happy that you did it because the sound quality is amazing. And I'm just happy where we are, where we are. And we've been enjoying this, but we've had to work virtually basically this whole time. So uh, for those of you who don't know, a lot of the uh, the show was uh, me going over to your house and us recording and we do some small ones here. So we've had to live in this virtual space. And it got me thinking about all of the different events that I know that I've attended and that other people are attending and things that you've wanted to do. And I kind of wanted to talk about this virtual space and kind of how, how we're adjusting to it. So let's just start with the podcast itself. When we went from doing the podcast in person to, to virtual space, how many how many hiccups do you say that you think we ran into? Oh, quite a few because there's things that you don't think about and like, oh, if the internet cuts out a little, the audio gets messed up. And then, oh, if someone is like uh, pinging you and you didn't enable like no, no notifications or anything like that, you know what I mean? Yep, but, it's little things. Yep. Yeah. And and not enough to like ruin everything I'd say, but like one example of a non-podcast thing is I was telling you I was making videos for work. Yeah. And uh, there is a smoke detector in my house. It's been beeping at me for low battery, but I'm so used to the noise now because I kept putting it off for like two months. That I didn't really even realize it was in the background of all the videos until someone reached out to me and was like, hey, it's kind of distracting that I could hear it beeping on in the background. And no, you're just like, I didn't even, my brain didn't even go to that. Like, yeah, that yeah. wasn't even what you were thinking about. And we're going to get more into, into like what you're doing and some of the work that you're doing virtually, because I find it to be interesting um, how people are having to adapt. Really, that's, that's where we all are. We're all in this moment of having to figure out what we want to do and how we want to do it and how we want to stay connected with other people. And I kept finding myself um, getting notifications about different events and different things that are happening during lockdown. There seems like there's just been this massive uptick in virtual events, which, I mean, we didn't really have a choice. Something needed to happen. We needed to find ways to connect with people. But I am curious from just kind of what you've seen, what do you think about all the the different virtual events that are that are going on? I think they're fun and uh, I like some of them and, and people are getting very creative. But uh, at the same time, I don't think they're going to continue on at the level that they are once this all ends. Because it's just something you miss when you're not there in person. Now, I actually do a lot of online event stuff because I like that things. And it kind of, it lets me get the fun of being around people without being around people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So, so I mean, like w one example of something I've done is I've gone to a virtual concert before, uh, which was with like, my VR headset. Oh, hold on. What? Wait, wait. So you went to a concert just with your VR headset on? Yeah. So it's like a random concert. And I did both. One where it's like a real life type of setting. So it's just like a camera sitting there and you're just watching them play. And then I've done one where it was like, uh, 
almost like a video game where they're doing like flying around and they're doing the singing and you're like, you can move seats. You can go to wherever you want. You're watching what? it. Yeah, so it's all digital. So it's a lot of fun and, and, and it feels really cool. Uh, but there's no one else there. It's like virtual AI people, you know? So it's not like... Oh, so you're not actually getting to... See. So could you, if you had other friends with virtual uh, reality headgear, could they all tap into the same concert and you guys could hang out or no? Not for concerts, but there is like movie theaters and you could all go to the movie theaters together. Yeah. That type of thing. Okay. No, see, I didn't even think about the, the fact of like the different formats that they have it in. All I kept thinking about when I looked at this was really what you what you hit on right there, the sustainability of it is kind of what I'm thinking about. Obviously, we want to share some of the things that we're doing right now, but that's like the overarching thought process behind this to me is like, do we think that this is going to continue to happen? Or do we think that um, we'll tap out when it comes to this and then at some point we're just going to move forward and and people are just going to want to be in person? So it sounds like you're leaning more towards it's probably going to have to slow down or maybe even come to a halt at some point. What do you think when we're out of this? Yeah, but we're, we're, we've learned a lot through this. Like one thing I think caught everyone off guards is that the Trolls 2 movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that so, just started a whole beef that just started a whole beef huge beef in case you guys don't know about this were uh trolls actually made a way more money than anyone expected digitally because the reason uh like movie makers don't want movies to be only digital instead of theaters is because theaters make a ton of money like i know everyone likes to make fun of like oh theaters are dying and all of that but the amount of box office revenue they get for big blockbusters you can't compare with digital sales right and of course yeah. movie theaters want that to keep going too but what happened is that trolls made a ton of money i don't have the numbers on me right now but way more than people expected i think it actually made more than trolls one did in the theaters so that's, universal, yeah that's crazy Universal said that going forward, they're going to release all their movies digitally along with theaters and AMC and the other theaters, they took beef with that and they said, okay, well, we're not going to show any more Universal movies. So yeah. that's just an example, of, I think, of how things are going to go. Like, There's some movies where you want to watch them, but you don't want to go to the theaters for them. Like Trolls 2, would I watch that if it was on TV? Probably. Would I go yeah. to the theaters? I'm not going to the theater. I'm not going to watch the theater. I think things like that, they're going to they're gonna be doing more. I think another thing is that it accelerated things that uh, might not have been as fast. So like uh, streaming services, I think now are beefing themselves up. Oh, they had much, no other choice. Yeah, yeah they had absolutely thing. no choice. Yeah. So things like that. Internet, I think about, oh man, you just kind of tapped into something else. Like I'm thinking about all the different ways that this got impacted. It's not just the the streaming services. It's, you know, you had your your um, internet providers making sure that they were ready for the, stre the stress that was going to inevitably come from everybody being at home and so many different people being on Wi-Fi. Now, I haven't really seen too much of a connectivity issue, um, even though I know a lot of my, my neighbors are working from home. What about yourself? Um. I've been pretty good, but I have blazing fast internet and uh, two routers in my home to kind of space <laughs> to things offset, out a bit. to yeah. offset any potential chance of losing any type of internet. Well, no, to offset the getting... chance that I'm <laughs> that I'm gonna mess up my wife's work while I play games. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was gonna I'm, say it's the gaming. I already knew what the what the whole entire thought process was behind that, sir. Yeah, so I was like, okay, let me let me play it safe. So I haven't had major major issues. What I've been having issues with is my company stuff. Like uh, everyone is using our online system at the same time right now, which before we were all split up. So even though we have fast internet, our company servers can't handle that many people logging in at once. And that's been giving me a ton of issues. 
Same. I think I think a lot of companies are actually starting to feel that strain because you have so many people on your whatever network that you have. I think when you are in person, there are ways for you to kind of pull away from work and do other things. I think right now people are just so honed in. For the most part, I'm sure there's some people who have lost all motivation, but I think there are some people who are just so honed in right now that you are putting a lot of stress on any server that people are a part of, but especially for businesses. And that was another thing that I thought about. I'm like, when we say virtual, I don't just mean the fun events. Well, you know, we've talked about a lot of the different ways that people are connecting with Zoom and with meetings, uh, team meetings, and all these different things that we're using to to get into that virtual space. Now I want to take it to work because we talked about it from the world point of view. It sounds like you don't you don't really see us keeping this level of virtual events once things open up. I don't either. But when it comes to work, though, do you think that we are moving into a space where more and more companies are going to decide that virtual work and virtual learning might be the way to go? 100%. Like I would be just incredibly shocked if my company, for example, we have an office uh, and everyone's working from home and everyone has always wanted to work from home and they just told us it wasn't feasible. I would be shocked if they just get everyone back to the office after this because they're oh, probably no. saving a ton on the rent space. They, You wouldn't need a building like that. I mean, they can rent a smaller place, you know, if people are just coming in and out rotation wise. But there's no reason why everyone needs to work at home. I mean, from my whole thing is the the whole idea of like the physical location. That's exactly where my head went. I don't think as many business as many. I don't think many businesses are going to feel the need to actually have that brick and mortar any longer. I just don't think that it's going to be. Um, the cost of it, the cost associated with it, the time associated with it, the maintenance associated with it. And then if you have a workforce that is now 100 percent at home, what's 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 the like what's that point? Are you going to do Are you going to try to get 100 percent of people back to your point? I don't think that that's going to happen. I think people are going to complain. I think they're you're going to see a little bit of a dip in morale if you try to push everybody back into the office. So I just my my brain is really trying to think through of like, what are some of these businesses going to do? Right. So, I mean, we'll see. It'll be exciting. I mean, right now it's a flip of the coin, right? No one really knows, but. Well, you're actually, when it comes to the working element, because I want to stay in the in the workspace right now. So if we, if we understand that some companies might move away from brick and mortar, that really does come down to how are you training? How are you still doing things? And I know that you've had some experience within the the virtual workspace and if you could kind of share what you're what you're seeing and how you think it's going so i i do a lot of i'm a trainer like that's my day-to-day job so doing things virtually the first week was actually or the first month even wasn't that different hold on sorry i had a sneeze there um wasn't that different uh, in the sense that like people were on camera, they were trying to stay involved, they were trying to talk, they were responding to questions, right? But I do feel as time is going on, people have become a lot more like they don't want to get on camera. And so then I, it's just me talking to the void and I'll call on someone and there's that awkward moment of them taking like a minute to unmute themselves. And then it's like, are they taking a minute because they weren't paying attention or because they had kids going crazy in the house or did they just not know how to unmute it? So as a trainer, it's not like I could just chastise them because everyone's in a weird situation right now, you know? Exactly. And you don't really know. Yeah. So I definitely prefer training in person, but I think it did open us up to a lot of different things that we could do virtually. Like for example, a lot of the paperwork 
I used to fly into a market to do paperwork and, and day one training with people. Now that we've done this, I see that we could do that virtually. So we wouldn't have to be in the market as long to, to train anybody. And that's uh, awesome. Yeah. The other thing is uh, it's teaching us a lot of skills. Like now I'm making videos and learning how to do video editing, which might pay off for us later too. Right. I was going to say, yeah, not mad about that at all. Which is a lot harder than I expected though. Uh, And so I'm grateful we've done the podcast because that really helped me with things of like audio levels and making sure that, okay, if I'm going to do multiple videos, I need to stop them at certain points so I can splice them in, things like that. So that's really paid off for me. But um, all in all, some benefits, but I, I do see that I'm worried about it affecting people down the line. And then that made me think about schools of like, well, if, if grown adults are having trouble with this, I wonder. Uh, oh, the kids have definitely got to be suffering. And, and when we did the the poll, just asking about people and their experiences, a lot of the teachers responded back when we talked about what's been the, the biggest struggle that you're having at work. A, a lot of teachers came back at me and, and just kind of said that they didn't feel that same connectivity with the kids. And if the kids aren't, if the kids aren't actually being visually stimulated, um, and being able to see that teacher and being able to have that conversation with them, even if they are tactile learners or they like to learn on their own, there's still that connection of being able to build the relationship. And I think to your point, like with training, you are getting to know brand new people because I'm going through virtual training. So while you are doing virtual trainings, I'm actually in a, in a scenario too where right now I'm starting a new job and the way that I am learning this new job is in teams where I'm looking at somebody's screen, they're showing me what they're doing, and then I get a couple cases of my own and I go work them. And then I try to come back and then we will video in and kind of look at everything and share screens. And But the engagement has to be there because I'm working directly with my team versus for you, I feel like you are training these individuals and without that sense of, like you can't just go off on a, a trainee just because they're not listening or you you can't really connect in with them. I'm forced to do video like we're doing video no matter what. So I, I just wonder to your point, could you could you could you make them do video? Is that something that you have to do or do we have to just kind of see how it goes? I mean, technically, I guess we could ask them or we could tell their managers to make them do it. It just gets awkward because uh, if it's a home where they have multiple kids, like one of my co-trainers, he has to do it in the garage standing up because he has four kids at home who are all off of school now until September and they're running around doing stuff. And I mean, you could tell kids, hey, I'm working, but they're kids, you know, they're kids, like, uh, they're yeah. young children. So, so he's in a hot garage, like recording these videos. So if we make him go on camera, he gets on, but he just opens the garage and we just see him standing in the middle of a room. It's kind of like, yeah, that's awkward for everybody yeah, involved. Right, that's right. awkward for everybody involved. So, so what would I do if that's a trainee? You know, it's not like, I'm going to force them to do that. Yeah. And uh, what, what I've been doing is just doing a lot of follow-up. Like if, if they are, they seem distracted or anything. I just kind of follow up and say like, Hey, you know, what do you think of these steps? Or I'll do a one-on-one call with them later on. And I'll be like, Hey, can you walk me through how to do this? But accountability. So that's yeah, smart though. But, on that, your part. but that's the thing is anyone could say the right things, but doing them physically is a lot differently, especially with the kind of work that my company does where we're installing a hardware equipment on things. So they can tell me, Oh, I do this, this and that. And that's perfect. But then when they try to do it physically, they can't do it. That that's completely different, you know. Yeah, and then that's just bad from the from a client experience. And yeah, I, I understand that because my thought process is right now, it's hard to gauge how well you're performing 
when you don't have the same set of like barometers and you're not using the same exact routines. I think as people who work in corporate America, you get used to those certain routines that can lead to success. And it's easy to see it when you're in person with somebody and you can kind of sift through. It kind of accelerates what you're actually seeing from a uh, progress standpoint versus now there's just a lot of dead time. It's like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to show you this. And then I'm just going to trust that you're going to be able to go and do it. So that's, that is something that I think um, looking at, looking at it from if companies decide they want to shift from brick and mortar, do they start to do like more interviews that are virtual interviews where they kind of put you to work ahead of time and see how do you, how you actually handle things. I know that a lot of companies do like virtual skills as part of interviews. So I'm wondering if more and more companies will lean towards that. But then it comes down to the equipment. Like if we were to get rid of the the physical workspace, is every company ready to pay for each person to have what they need to have in their house? Is that on the company or is it on the person? Uh, it's got to be on the company because it, it's not cheap, you know, especially if you're doing something like phone calls. If you buy a really cheap headset, that affects your work quality. So the company is going to need a standard one. And especially because the, the my company, for example, uses software and hardware to track people's phone calls and, and things like that. So that hardware has to come from the company because it's like a, a special Cisco thing or whatever. Yeah, That's a couple hundred dollars. You're not going to ask an employee to play that, in my opinion. And then the other thing I worried about is certain jobs, you don't really need computer skills to do them well. But if you're doing phone interviews and online interviews, that takes a certain amount of computer skills. So I'm worried that would age out a certain group of. of oh people. yeah, that's a that's a really good point. That is a solid point, and I think that that started to come about as we move from something as simple as paper applications to more digital applications. I think that that had an impact on certain workers at that point in time too. Right. That's a really good point that I didn't even think about that. But we've gone down in the work rabbit hole of where we think some of this thing is, is going to go. But I, I think it, it, the bottom line is I don't believe that in the world as we see it, that continuing to do things virtually is going to work. People are itching and, and dying to get out and be able to have conversations with each other. But I do think to your point that we've learned a lot. I do think that we've got a different perspective on it. And even for me, like I, I, I look at some of the things that I've been able to do while we've had this, uh, this virtual time, um, and I've tried to decompress because you know, like get out of work and I'm, I'm home. I'm already at the place. <laughs> like yeah. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't leave for the day. So here's a couple things that I've looked at as like just different events that I've sat through, and I just want to hear if you would ever want to do this. So, first thing, uh, I did virtual yoga. So to me, that wasn't too different because there's already yoga classes, but it was like a live yoga class. So like like, like camera on you or it's just voices and there's something like background. So you so basically the instructor was uh, so it was like a Facebook live with the instructor and you, you hopped in. And you just went through class and yeah, you can give feedback to the instructor and everything while you're taking the class. Uh, so lots of like love for the person that did it. It was an hour long free. It was, it was actually pretty fun and it was like, like 10 in the morning. So it was like nice early morning workout, got it over with. So wh- what about you? Would you do virtual yoga? Uh, if I could be off camera, maybe, but yeah, you're yeah. off camera, you're off camera. Oh, you're not, okay. you're not on camera. 
Oh, it's just a trainer on camera. Yeah, it's okay, just a trainer on camera. I, I think I can do that then. I mean, not that I do nor- yoga normally, but you know, <laughs> if it was like, oh, do you want to do it? And I'm like, eh. And they're like, come on, do it. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so then so okay so we can get you on uh, in on virtual yoga then there were a couple virtual concerts that i've been able to attend here recently and i want to talk to you about some of the ones that you've gone to you already talked about the virtual reality one i don't really think any of them are going to top that but i did go to one that was a virtual concert for a uh, concert for that one of my friends was a part of that is um he creates he's a musician in new york uh creating beats he also he created the beats for our podcast um but he was actually featured on a youtube event so i I attended that and then they also had the one for fort worth where they did the digital concert for the people who are out of work right now Uh, so got to watch that with a couple artists that were from fort worth so i thought that those were really cool and i know i know you're big in the concerts have you besides the virtual ones have you gone to any other concerts during this time well, first, do you want to name drop your friend's uh, group or anything? So- oh, yeah. Individuals. Yeah. He's a uh, uh, BA is what I call him. Uh, he makes beats and, and, and produces music and works with various artists out in, in uh, New York, between Buffalo and New York City. Yeah. So if you like the intro, outro, check them out. Individuals, right? Yep. So, individuals. Yeah. So uh, can I talk about one that I missed? And I think I don't can't remember if I brought this up before or if you and I talked about it off podcast. But I, I was super bummed that I missed the Fortnite concert of uh, Travis Scott. Oh uh, yeah, was that on? Was it, did we talk about that? No, podcast? we did not. We did not talk about it on air. But you did bring that up to me. So what? How did you miss it? So I missed it because I didn't think it was going to be cool. I was like, oh, it's just going to be like a fake stage and then people jumping around in there. So it was a concert within Fortnite. So you had to log into Fortnite and then you would just go, right? And I assumed, oh, it's going to be a fake stage and he's going to be jumping around and that's it. Like I amateur me, right? Not realizing that, of course, Fortnite is always trying to one-up itself, always trying to reinvent himself. So the concert ended up being this crazy epic thing where like it starts off small and then he turns into like a giant and then like as he's singing the songs, the whole world's like visually changing like a rave club almost. And then like he'll do this part where you're like you go into outer space and gravity disappears and then he'll do this part where he like switches into underwater and the entire planet's like flooded in water. You're just floating around in there and like these rave lights are going around and it was visually incredibly cool like i didn't see i saw a video afterwards and man i wish i would have been in there because it would have been such a cool experience oh i bet that sounds amazing yeah so if you haven't had a chance to look it up you should definitely check it out it's not what you think it's not some just like oh i'm watching some Fortnite character sing it's like a whole concert like if you would have gone to a real one where they're doing lights they're doing effects they're doing like all these props and stuff. It was it was really really cool. And, now I'm uh, sad I missed that. Yeah, I'm that, like, that would have been really cool. Yeah, uh, it would have been really awesome. And I think it, it it got a ton of viewers. So I would not be surprised if we see follow ups to that from other from other artists trying to cash in. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. That would be a genius move, especially if they're creating like animatronics and other things that are a part of it that are going to give it that additional look and that additional feel. That's that's really really cool. So, yeah, again, I think that that kind of beats out just some of these local concerts that I was looking at. But it is it is funny to think how we just pivoted and we pivoted so hard that uh, as I was looking and going through, obviously, there's a bunch of virtual concerts. I mean, anybody could find those. You could find a bunch of virtual concerts. I actually wanted to to see what other like obscure things can you find. And I was able to find 
12 museums around the world that you can now visit virtually. Oh. Yes. Well, <laughs> I, I do I also cool check this out? Do I also check this out VR? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I bet you you would really enjoy that. It's, it was uh, travelandleisure.com had 12 museums around the world that you could visit virtually now. Like you can just hop on. And they had, and out of the, the 12, I was able to find 100 and something plus different types of um, um what do they call those um, showcases that they were doing for specific artists? So I, I just thought that that was so cool um, that they're doing something like that. Now I have not done the virtual tour for any museum or anything like that. I think I would be in for it, but it wouldn't be like the first thing that would come to my mind. What about you? Would you do the virtual museum or do you think that that kind of loses some of the, the desire to go to a museum? I think I would skip it unless it was like an audio toured one or something like that. Uh, because I would want to, I don't know. I'd want to hear it. You know, I don't, I'd want to like, if I'm not seeing it in person, I'd, I'd want history of someone telling me. What I get what you're saying. At. Yeah. I want to hear, I would want some type of background associated yeah. with it. Now, what I liked a little bit more is the museums have also teamed up. My wife and I right now are obsessed with animal crossing, which is a game that everyone's playing. Yeah. And, uh, the museums have actually set up something so that you can, uh, get a bunch of art or, or, uh, shirts based on all the art in their museum so i forgot which Whoa, one it was but they literally really cool. went and they got the entire art installation and you're able to grab that and put it in game you just have to scan a what yeah so it really what? helps decorate your room and things like that which animal crossing is all about just decorating a little house and things see like i still have not played this game and i keep hearing about animal crossing from everybody and i have not played it it's the weirdest game, man. It's just, it, it, there's no goal. You're not trying to like beat the game. It's really just the game to relax. Like you're just, you, you farm fruit, you sell it to build your house, to pay off more houses, to get more rooms. And then you, you catch in bugs to make a museum. It, that's it. Like you're just, just slowly playing. So if you're the type that needs like action, 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 you're not going to like it. But if you're the type that you're just like, you like to veg out and chill, like, you know, most games you want to play a couple hours. This one you can play a couple hours, or you can play thirty minutes and you still make progress. You know, so okay. it gives you. It gives you I might have to, I might give it. I might give it a little once over. Maybe we. That's what we need to do. Is uh, maybe we do an episode on games and other things that we enjoy. Maybe we. Maybe we should just feature you and talk us through your gaming setup. Oh, no. How cool How many- would that be? How many hours are you going to give me? You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as virtual events go, I think that we kind of killed this one. I'm, I'm happy that we were able as a society to really shift and really go in and lean into trying to find ways to connect with one another. But I do think that there's going to be a big ripple effect that I don't think that uh, a lot of people would have ever thought about before this happened. But I think it really just changed the way that we view ourselves and the way that we view our time. Right. So that's my big takeaway on everything. And I think we're both in agreement. I I don't think that the events are going to last that long. Uh, but I do think that work has been changed forever. Um, what other what other things do you have for our lovely listeners? No, that's it. That's all I got. I'm uh, prepping a brisket that I've got to go to too soon. Yeah, we did it overnight. Now, I made the amateur mistake. I almost always, and if anyone else is from Texas, I apologize now. It was an emergency. But uh, 
briskets are actually sold out a little bit right now. So yeah. I, I struggled to find one yesterday. And the one I found was not the quality that I like. Like if there was another brisket, I wouldn't have picked this brisket. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So I started the cook really late in the day and I wasn't able to get it to where I wanted. So I said, you know what? I'm going to leave it in the oven overnight so that oh. I don't have to watch it. And I forgot the ovens have an auto off feature. So Oh no. Yeah. So it turned off on me. Now the oven is insulated. So it stayed warm enough. It stayed like at 160, but I needed it to stay at 225. So, oh, no. so right now I'm like hoping and praying damage that, control. Yeah. I'm like, please get there. So I'm worried that dried it out because I had to turn up the heat because I, I need it done by like two o'clock today. So Ooh. Yeah, it's yeah, and then that Pray for the I'm, brisket. I'm not gonna have enough time to rest it, you know. But you know what? We'll see. Pray for in, the brisket. Slather it in barbecue sauce. <laughs> well, guys, you know this is us. It is. Um, you can find us anywhere. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast, and we are on Instagram at it's underscore probably underscore the letter U and our website it's probably you dot com. As always, if at any point you feel guilty. It's probably, it's probably you. you.